You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. Hey, Sean. We're, How are you doing? We're almost there. We have football on Thursday. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, being empty nesters. Oh. <laughs> I got a ways to go. I'm halfway there. You're I halfway just, there. just dropped my son off uh, at college yesterday. We spent. I've spent one night with my, with my son out of the house in his new home for the next few years. That's, yeah, that's that's weird. Because actually, wait a second. That's not entirely true. Because I feel like your son has spent most of his time in my home <laughs> for the past few years. Well, they have had plenty of sleepovers. It's true. I know. Yeah. Is but, it still a sleepover if you're 18? <laughs> uh, extended hang. That's a Who knows? Dual day hang. I don't know. Probably probably don't want to call it a sleepover. Yeah, no. I'm not sure. But we do have football coming up on oh, Thursday and so this excited weekend. Excited about it, right? We had, we had we for me the football season started by watching the Gophers lose to Ohio State. Yeah, they had a lead. That was uh, tough. I knew I lead. knew it was not going to hold. So I I taped it. Is that a th- is that what you call it? I DVR'd it. You recorded um, it. I recorded it because it was my wife's uh, birthday, it and uh, so I thought, well, if if they pull off a miracle here, they haven't won since 1981. So if they pull off, that's a mi- not true. Against Ohio State, yes, they well, beat they, Ohio State in Ohio State in like 2000. I, Glenn Mason, I, I look mis- it up. I misspoke. Lawrence Maroney. They haven't won in, in Minnesota yeah, since 19, uh, 1981. That, yeah. So I thought, well, if, if the miracle happens, uh, I want to watch it happen, even if I know the result. And so anyway, I, we got back in kind of late, and I was able to catch the f- part of the fourth quarter, and they pulled within one touchdown mm-hmm. with like, I don't know, five, seven minutes to go. And I was like, oh, is this happening? And of course not. No, I mean... the. the I, I actually was impressed with a couple things. One, the team didn't completely collapse when they lost Mo, um, which is terrible, by the way. That is. That's really going to hurt him this season. It is. Um, the, the running back, in case you're not a Gopher fan. The, uh, <laughs> well, the, he was, yeah, he was like the Big Ten he was the, running back of the year last year. Right. Boy, he's, he's, uh, I, I, I was trying to decipher whether his game would translate to the NFL. I was hoping to have a whole season to watch. To figure that out, but and it's an Achilles too, so yeah, that's oh. it's rough. I actually, my theory—it's not even a theory. I haven't done any research, but I feel, it feels like we've seen a, so many more of these Achilles injuries, and we also have seen a whole lot more of like that turf with like the little rubber pellets. And, and and what I'm wondering, this is just pure speculation, is like we had the old AstroTurf, and everybody tore the ACLs in the old AstroTurf, and, my, and they switched to this stuff, and now we're losing Achilles, and I'm like. Is there something about the surface? I haven't done any research. I haven't looked to see what's happened on what surface. It's just, it's like a coincidence, and it could be, you know, specious reasoning on my part. But Well, our good friend, Dr. Bjorn Westgard, is a medical researcher. 
you know, so, he probably can get a grant for that. I should, bet, I bet, should, and maybe <laughs> I bet you he could. Right, let's 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 run it by him. All right, I like the idea. So on today's episode, we uh, there's nothing going on in football until Thursday. Yeah. So we, Sean and I, came up with five storylines each that we're going to be watching this season, and then we went through and made some predictions in terms of. NFL awards, who's going to be the best rookie in terms of their at their position. So things like that. We're going to run through those just for some We did this last fun. year. Yeah. It yeah, was fun. It is. And, and we named something. Uh, for me, the big thing is who's, who's going to be the Devontae Parker Award, Award winner. Well, that is kind of the, the culmination of the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. You know what I didn't do, Sean? I don't know if you did. Hmm. I failed to go back and look at my predictions from last year. Before this show, I, I intended to Mine do were that. really good. <laughs> yeah, mine were too. I <laughs> Well, if we have a break no. here, maybe I'll go back and look. But anyway. There's some hits and there's some misses. I think we, we, I, can't remember, did, I can't remember if we actually, when we recapped the season, I feel like we kind of went through that a little bit. But. We did. But I, you know, I have a mind like a fish. So, so do I. I, don't, I don't remember how we did. Didn't, it's not a not front of there mind. Was, there was some there were some pretty big misses and there were some there were some good hits. Sure. Well, you know, if you you gotta like push the envelope a little bit when you're making predictions. You don't yeah. you don't want to name Patrick Mahomes the top uh, or, or CMC the top running back every season. You gotta, you gotta see if yeah, you can no, go outside I, the box a I little agree. bit. I agree. All right. So before we jump into that though, there's been enough news happening. We just wanted to touch on a couple of those things before we get going. The first one, kind of big surprising news, at least for me, was Cam Newton being cut. Uh, I do think this does have a pretty big impact on the other skill position players in New England. I think this is good news for people like Damian Harris. I think even for Janu Smith, I think Jacoby Myers, I think all those people get an uptick in their production. The receivers, because I think Mac Jones is going to be a more prolific passer. And then Damian Harris, I think, has a better shot at touchdowns, yeah. even with Ramondre Stevenson in town. I agree. Um, I don't know if the ultimate up uptick for the wide receivers is going to make a whole lot of difference, um, to be totally honest, uh, because I just don't know how much volume, you know, the passing volume they're going to have. Um, but I actually, I, I definitely agree with Damian Harris and, and actually Ramondre, either one of them, to the extent that you are invested in either of those players. I think just you're removing... 11, 12 rushing touchdowns that Cam might have gotten that they're going to, some of that stuff's going to be handoffs. And so I think that those are, those are big upticks for me is, yep. the, is the running backs. Yeah. And I, they will be a run first team, but I, I just think you can't help but have some sort of passing uptick with uh, just, Mac Jones back there. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not as convinced that Mac is going to be a revelation. I think he'll be a very good, like rookie NFL quarterback, whether he puts up enough numbers to be fantasy relevant is a different question. All right. Chris Herndon was traded to Minnesota after the Irv Smith injury. Are you, you've been I had a Herndon, Chris Herndon guy. for a long, well, I used to have Herndon, but see, here's the thing. Uh, I've learned over the years that at some point in time, like if you get excited about a guy, cause he makes a sweet one handed catch. And then like, he never does anything ever again. I'm okay with being out on that guy. And, and for me, like, Irv Smith was an interesting play. Uh, I never saw him as a guy that might enter into like that top echelon because um, I wasn't convinced there was going to be enough volume in Minnesota. And I just don't think, I mean, it's better for Chris Herndon 
here probably than where we don't even have uh, any pass catchers beyond the two. Um, but <laughs> if you're holding on to Chris Herndon for something like, yeah, I mean, maybe sell him now if you think you can get something for him. But like, I'm not really con- – I wouldn't go get Chris Herndon thinking you're going to have something of value. That's not a sneaky acquisition. Not for me. This offense is still going to go through Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Gardner Minshew. And Dalvin Cook. Was traded. Well, yes. <laughs> I, sorry, passing. Well, yeah, was, even passing offense will go through Cook to some right. degree, right? Uh, Gardner Minshew going to Philadelphia. For me, Sean, this is uh, – and I'll get to this a little bit later too, but it's an indication of – uh, Urban Myers, maybe not ready for being an NFL coach. I just feel like not having not not valuing a backup. Yeah, I think exactly. He doesn't maybe doesn't understand the value of a backup quarterback in the NFL. I think it's a great move for Philly. They don't really know what they have in Hurts yet. They now have a capable backup in town. I mean, I f- I think if I own Jalen Rager or Devontae Smith, I think I'm happy. Because there's a plan B if plan A is not working out, and 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 if you're a, if you got a receiver, and and same true with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, like you just want there to kind of consistently be somebody who can deliver a ball. And Gardner Minshew, I I I don't think he's a top thirty-two NFL quarterback, but he's a top forty-five NFL quarterback, and he'll he'll be able to. Um, if he ends up quarterbacking, they're, they're going to have fantasy relevant players. Yeah. And last bit, I don't know how much, I guess this is news, but there's a couple of rookies that we didn't get a chance to talk about or talk about much. Well, I mean, like I've talked about them on social media, but. But um, not on the podcast. Not, here. I, well, we had, we had an episode planned and somebody basically said, I don't want to talk about those deep sleepers. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah, it was Johnny. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I've been talking for a while about, uh, I feel like we might have talked about Michael Strawn, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, he's a guy that um, uh, he made the Colts squad. Uh, he is um, a, a really built like an alpha receiver. I mean, he's 6'5", 220 ish. Um, he was played Division Two, and like the highlight videos of him are basically just look like, you know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal like blocking shots from six year olds. So like he just is the way it's hard to read much into it because he literally has no competition. But he he got some time to play in the preseason. He played against the Vikings. He had a, a, several games where he did some really nice things. You can see that he like I was surprised that he didn't end up on a developmental squad. But I think he showed enough that they were probably worried that someone would snatch him up. But he's not a short term play. Like he's a guy that I think could do something he's got the physical tools to do something and there's certainly opportunity with the Colts but I but if you have like a um, if you can bury a guy on your developmental squad for for a couple of years like I would be interested in, in, in signing him and, and let it watching and seeing what what can what I think he, there's potential there is what I'm trying to say got you and Sean you mentioned blocking shots like basketball shots from six-year-olds yeah I'm as an elementary school teacher for a bunch of have years. Have you done that? Oh, it is just nothing more satisfying. <laughs> just <laughs> swatting the ball out of the air. In the playground. Yep. And just, take your best shot. That's right. Wow. Take yeah. that home. 
just uh, kidding. That is kind of fun. <laughs> You're kidding, Vixar. I'm sure you've done that. <laughs> oh, I've once. done it for sure. Uh, um, and the other guy that we never, I know we never got a chance to talk about here, but I've been wanting to talk about for a while is a guy um, from South, uh, South Dakota State, Kate Johnson. Uh, he is really, really, really a special route runner. He, um, uh, he's like going to be one of one of those guys that in a PPR offense in the future, like the, the potential for him is actually great. If you, you know, he's going to be like a Wes Walker type. Um, he, uh, he didn't make the Seahawks roster. He's on the practice squad, but they got this rule with the practice squad where you can play a couple guys off your practice squad every week. So the Seahawks just rostered four wide receivers. So arguably he's their fifth wide receiver even though he's on the practice squad. Like, he may be activated for games. I just think he's a guy that ultimately will have a chance to carve out a role and be very effective in kind of like that slot receiver role. Um, and, and yeah, again, this is this is a guy you're, you're buying now so you don't have to pay more for him later. All right. Yeah, we just wanted to get to those two guys since we didn't get the chance earlier and things are looking sunny for them. All right, on to our storylines to watch this year. Should I should I go first, Sean? We didn't figure out. You want to flip a coin? Yeah. I, oh, you won. Okay. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> the first storyline I'm going to be watching, I just mentioned earlier when we were talking about the Gardner Minshew trade, I'm really interested to see what happens with Jacksonville this year. I've seen enough. But like not, not excited in like, hey, they could be really good. No, it's more curiosity. It's like the car car crash. Yeah, you want, you want a rubberneck. Yeah, I want exactly. So, Urban Meyer has done enough questionable things so far that it just makes me think like he's got a learning curve ahead of him, and that you know that's not the worst thing in the world. I'm not saying he's a terrible coach, but just like trading his backup quarterback, drafting uh, a guy that he really didn't need. He already had Lavisca Chenault. To play the position that he seems to envision, and, and he drafted playing. Etienne, but who, by the way, caught a lot of passes. But they weren't like he wasn't running routes. He <laughs> he wasn't you know he was catching dump offs. Like right. there are running backs that can run routes, right? But that's not what he was doing, right? So and then, so yeah, the, and then, uh, not to know that was surprising to me. Yeah, exactly. It's like you felt like he didn't know who he had on his team or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he then. What's the over under on Urban Meyer like uh, getting in trouble for selling his Super Bowl tickets? <laughs> well, that seems high because he already came out in the news and said something about cutting players based on their COVID status. Yeah, which I'm I'm just telling you that happens, but, but you don't you say can't it. Can't say it because they have an agreement with the union. As to what, you know, if this is employment at will, perhaps you probably could do it, but it's not. It's a collective bargaining environment. And they came to an agreement as to what was going to be allowed. And so, no, he can't say. They've already had to walk that back. And you know what else you can't say? <laughs> I would have drafted Kadarius Tony, except yeah. he got sniped from me, right? Yeah, so, so no one guy, says stuff so, like that. So the guy that you get, yeah, it's basically dissing the guy that you end up drafting. Yeah, and, and arguably, it's commenting on a player under contract. Well, that's true too. By, by, so it's tampering is is also another problem right. with it. Now we're getting into like legalese, and yes. I don't I don't need to to sound like uh, uh, Florio here, but I'm just telling you that that he it's it's amateur hour there, and that the 
the Super, the Super Bowl tickets joke that I made, that's a Mike Tice joke. You, oh. you probably oh, don't right, get right. that outside of Minnesota. But it's another situation where somebody was in over their head. Right. All right. So, yeah, just want to see what happens there. How, what, what you got, Sean? I think I'm interested in what's going to happen to Cam Newton. Um, he, he is, Cam has said, there's not 32 quarterbacks in the NFL that are better than him. And I would agree, there's not. So the question is, is like, I think actually, I don't know, but I suspect that what happened is they basically did him a favor by cutting him because they were going to go with, with Mac as the starter. And that gives him the freedom to sit at home and wait for a call to be a starter. Cause they don't want, you don't want Cam Newton, former NFL MVP behind you as a rookie quarterback, because I think that's just is going to be make your job that much harder. That, which is probably one of the big reasons they yeah, cut sure. Cam Newton. But, but I also think in new England, if you're saying, okay, but would, would Cam be the best quarterback in Houston? Absolutely. Right. I think he'd be the best quarterback in Denver, Carolina as well. And, um, and probably Detroit. So like, I think, and if I spent enough time, I, I could probably name a couple of the teams and, you know, piss off other fan bases. But, but I do think that this is a situation where, where's he going to go? Um, and what impact is that going to have? So if you're, if you've got players on these teams with kind of subpar quarterbacking, you know, is Cam going to ride to the rescue? And then if Cam shows up, is he actually very good for your fantasy players? Because he hasn't, the New England receivers haven't done anything last year they didn't do anything he didn't throw touchdowns so and that's kind of been the case with cam for a while now so i think i do think it's it's a little interesting to see you know what what he brings to a team i think he's he'll sign somewhere so all right my second storyline i'm going to be watching this is uh, the year of the quarterback in terms of rookie draft oh yeah uh, it, it seems like it was a really good draft. So I'm curious to see which rookie quarterback comes out on top at the end of the year. We get to make our predictions later. We do. Yeah. And so, well, maybe I won't say names, but that's just something I'm going to be watching. Cause I think they're all really good. And I, and they, I invested in one of them. You so. invested in one of them. I, uh, I would have liked to invested to have invested in one of one of, or two of them or six of them. But, but I agree there that right now there's reasons to like, in my mind, there's reasons to like six quarterbacks in the NFL. Most people would say five, but I would say six. And they might all be good. Can I say you're sixth? Cause I don't think we're going to talk about him. If, if people don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I've said it many times. My sixth is Kellen Mott. Right. But I don't, he's not a play for this year, but he's got to, we'll get into some of that <laughs> later on. Cause that's actually, let's go transition, right? Cause to my second topic is actually. Uh, what's going to happen with all these unvaxxed players? Like, roughly ninety percent of the NFL is now vaccinated, and um, it, it varies by team. There's a couple teams that are hundred percent right, and then there's teams like Minnesota and Indianapolis that are significantly behind. And the way the rules are set up, um, if you have contact with somebody who tests positive, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated. You, you is Cole Beasley has mentioned <laughs> if you're vaccinated, they don't, you're fine. Even if like you end up getting it, like then you have to like test positive, but there's no like requirement for you to sit out. Uh, but if you're unvaccinated, even if you don't have it, they make you sit out. And so the, the, rea the reality is if somebody, as we saw with the, like the situation in Minnesota, when Kellen Mond, uh, 
uh, tested positive and it wiped out the entire quarterback room because they're all unvaccinated. Like that type of thing can happen in some of these places with really important players are unvaccinated. Think of Indianapolis with Carson Wentz, um, you know, Buffalo, tons of fantasy value in Buffalo, but, but things could go downhill there uh, in a sh- in short order. So I think that's going to be an interesting thing here. And related to that, I think is actually, I think that there is maybe a major uh, fracture between uh, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota coaching staff that I don't know is reparable. And they've got that contract that is guaranteed for him. But I, I suspect the Vikings this upcoming offseason will try hard to move on. That's my suspicion. All right. My number three storyline. I'm curious who ends up as the wide receiver one for the Jets. I'm curious about the Jets in general. Yeah. Yeah, the Jets in general. That's They're, true. Interesting team. They are. Uh, I think... Corey Davis probably is the front runner to end up as the wide receiver one. Not for me. But I love Elijah Moore, <laughs> and I know who that's who you're talking about, Sean. I love him. I think it could be him. It I could think be both. They could both be really good. They could be. I think even – I don't really expect Mims to end up as the one, mm, but no. I still think he's a talented guy there. And Keelan Cole will have his opportunities. Jamison Crowder will have his opportunities. It's a really interesting situation because you went from basically uh, a, a desert – there in terms of fantasy value to now everybody's starting to get excited about all these players and underlying all of that is is zach wilson it's it's confidence whether people are willing to admit it and there's a lot of people who panned him not me obviously but they're but but people are right now willing to say well now i'm interested in in cory davis and now i'm interested in elijah Mar, but no one's willing to to to, to say maybe their takes on zach wilson were wrong um, but I think that that's, that's an un, like an unwritten part of that is that we're talking about a rookie quarterback that hasn't played a snap yet. And people are now optimistic about offensive options on that team. I think it's, I week one, if the Vikings and the Jets are at the same time, I'm watching the Jets. Well, and the backfield is uh, one of those ambiguous situations as well. Right. P- people, including myself, I will admit to being wrong here. I assumed it was Michael Carter's job. It does not look to be the case, at least in week one. We don't know. We don't know. But t- it looks like Tevin Coleman's probably going to be the starter at the beginning of the year. They have, uh, I can't, Ty, Ty, is it Tyrone? Ty, Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson um, is is in the mix. It looks like Michael Carter is probably the third guy right there right now. So I mean, I, I just we, think we don't, we don't know, know until we see it. We don't, but that that's exactly why but it's But that's a why we want to watch it. That's yeah. why we want to watch the Ex- Jets. Exactly. The Jets are probably should get you know, more people interested in the Jets than have been interested in the Jets in a long time. All right, number three for me uh, is a short one. Uh, Fans are back in the stands, right? Which means we're going to know now, are there any actual fans for the Los Los Angeles Chargers? Like, do they exist? You're laughing, but, you know, they were on that – hard knocks last year and it was like the COVID year and so they go in the stadium and it's a cool stadium but there's nobody there they're just the team and I'm sure there are some people in San Diego that have maintained an allegiance there but I wonder if people are going to be like is this like what the Clippers were for for 20-30 years in, in LA just like they're just renting space, but nobody cares about them. Like, I, I don't know where the fan base comes from, if not San Diego. 
and the Rams have been in LA. They got a history in LA. They were in LA before. And so I'm guessing some, they've got, there's some, you know, they go back to the, the seventies and the fearsome foursome and, and whatever. They're, and they're good. Really yeah, good. They're good. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, yeah, the chargers could, be, char- chargers could be good too, but, but I just don't know, like if you have to build from the ground up, like what that means. Cause the, they didn't have their opportunity to move into the city and, Wow, people! They came in and they watched them on TV, just like people always had. So I don't know if they have any real fans. Can you lay a bet as to which city the Chargers end up in next? Is that a thing? I think in, they got this. I think, lo- I think they're. I think they're locked up though. Don't aren't they locked up I in know. the stadium? But anyway, they sh- I, probably should be. They should be. But um, I just, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious if people show up to the games. All right, uh, kind of similar to my New York Jets storyline. I'm just really curious about how the 49ers backfield shakes out. Uh, Trey Sermon. You seem to be really interested in the guys that I drafted, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> I also you you took Elijah Moore one pick ahead of me. I would have taken him, <laughs> taken him if he was there. Uh, you passed on Trey Sermon, though. I did, I did, and part of it is this for this reason. I I was a little unsure how this was going to shake out in San Fran. Uh, I'm also in in a rebuild, so I felt like Sermon maybe didn't make as much sense for me as somebody that maybe was a little closer to winning the title. But um, I just I just want to see how this shakes out. Is Sermon as good as he's been uh, talked about? Yeah, I I I think this year it's going to end up being kind of messy. I think I think Sermon's going to in order for Sermon to be like the guy there, he's going to have to prove that he's clearly better or everybody's else is going to have to get hurt which is another possibility but i don't think he's going to be handed anything i think he's going to have to take it and i just don't we'll find out one way or another i think do you think i wonder if he won't get a little bit more handed to him just because the 49ers gave up the draft capital to get him maybe he's still third round pick he is they gave they did trade up for him but it wasn't i think i think when you're a third round pick i think teams can basically put you in as they as they need it but i just think they're, they're going to need it because i think they got uh most it's 29 years old and he has never held up and so i think their vision i think he's going to play a little bit and i think as the season goes on it'll grow i just i don't know how fast that'll happen i am excited to watch him play i i, I am as well i am as well for obvious reasons um all right, so uh, sp- spending a lot of time in California here. I do think another really interesting one is uh, this, the trade, the Goff-Stafford trade. I-, I don't care what happens in Detroit. Honestly, I'm not interested at all. But I'm really interested in what Stafford does with the weapons that he has and the defense that he's going to have there. That, to me, is fascinating because for years he's been kind of like this pretty good guy, numbers guy, but like not ever win anything of significance in Detroit, and now he has everything he needs, in theory, except for maybe a running back. We'll talk about some of that later. But um, I just think it's an interesting thing here to see when you have uh, the coaching staff that they have. If if when you have a, a quarterback who has an arm like he has, like can they just do things that they weren't doing last year? And, and I think that'll be interesting to watch. I think the answer is yes. I do think the answer is yes. I I 
I'm bullish on the Rams. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah, I've been a fan of Stafford for years. I'm really excited to see him it'll play. Be, this year. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be bummed if it's uh, it helps uh, if Van Jefferson blows up and I traded him, but we'll find out. My last storyline is how does the Deshaun Watson saga play out? Um, and on a high note, huh? Well, yeah, as I was reading, I'm like, wah, wah, this is not probably where I should have ended. But uh, it's just it's such a mess. Right now, the Texans are ready, it sounds like, to just leave him on the bench, pay him his money, yeah. basically have a 52-man roster every, all year. Every once in a while, there's this thing that says, like, oh, he's going to get traded to Miami or something. And I'm kind of like... Or Philly. I've heard all of these things, yeah. except for I just don't see... If one of the if if Tua or Hertz like falls flat on their face, then fine. But until that happens, I don't think Miami's not going to just if they unless they believe internally that they that Tua is not going to be it. They're not, they're not going to trade for a guy that with with this much baggage. Right, and I get part of it too. I'm just curious to see how the legal part of it plays out. I mean, mm. if he's guilty of the things he's accused of and he never plays football again then That'll then we move be, on it and that's we do move on it's the nfl you move right. on next man up right it, but it, it is an interesting situation to see as a as an attorney i think it's interesting to, to look at this well and if he is cleared and it sounds like you know th- he isn't guilty of the things he's accused of then then he really is a good fantasy player and I'm just interested to see where he ends up. Right. But obviously totally. the the people involved, if the things happened, that's uh, where he ends up is by far secondary. Right, right, right. Uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about is basically Kyle Pitts. Um, so many people, myself included, have basically said, this guy's special. And forget all your old rules. Go ahead, draft him number one overall. Uh, that's not been done before. <laughs> I don't care if it's Tony Gonzalez or Vernon Davis or any of these other guys that were drafted high. Uh, like, is it is he that special? Is he so special that it is a, a different calculation and you would take him over potentially, you know, what people thought was de- generational talent and, and Jamar Chase or or whatever. So for me, that's... I think that'll be interesting to see because I think it's going to go one way or another. He's either going to look like a tight end, like maybe even a good tight end, in which case that's great, or he's going to look like something that we haven't seen before. And if he doesn't look like something we haven't seen before, then I think there'll be a lot of people who took him number one overall, which I would have done. And maybe you would have done. I can't I remember. would have, yeah. Uh, and who are going to be like, well, okay, all right, lesson learned. We'll find out. So I think it'll be interesting to watch and see what he's able to do his first year. I think a little bit too... The reason that he maybe was more palatable at number one overall is you had a bunch of quarterbacks. People mm-hmm. were kind of all over the map on who was the best. Mm-hmm. Your running backs all had question marks, mm-hmm. really. Najee's going to a, a bad team. He probably right. had the fewest question marks. There were questions as to which one of each position was the best at that exactly. position. Right. Like Jamar Chase has que- had questions. I, he wasn't good in preseason. I had questions about him on film before the draft even the NFL draft took place. Devontae Smith is tiny. So they're just Waddle, you know. There's Elijah just questions Moore. about all these guys. What did you say? Elijah Moore. 
Okay, so you're calling it Elijah Moore's. I, actually, we're going to get. We're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. So Sean and I have predictions. We're going through each position, each fantasy position, uh, and predicting our our first group is fantasy section. Yes. So these are the top rookie QB, top breakout QB, and the QB one, and then we go through each position doing that. So. QB is at the top on our dock, Sean. Let's start there. Who's the top? The, who's the rookie QB one this year for you? Zach Wilson. Uh, I'll, I'll be real quick about it. Uh, I think we have seen, from my point of view, we have seen him make NFL play plays. Uh, unlike the guy you're going to talk about, uh, he his his big hits and whatnot weren't like scripted open. So he's making the reads you're going to have to make to succeed in the NFL, and he's looking really good doing it. Um, I have been a believer in him from the beginning. I don't know if he's going to be the best in the, when five years down the road, if he's going to have the most fantasy points. Um, but but I do think coming out of this year, he's going to look – he's going to have the largest total for this year. He's also starting week one. That helps. Yes. I actually had Zach Wilson in there first. I don't know if you looked at the doc yesterday, Sean. I, didn't. I did make some changes today. Um, I ended up going with Trey Lance and the reason being, or a few of the reasons, I think the 49ers are just a better team in general right Mm -hmm. now. Yes. Um, I originally picked Wilson because he's starting week one. It sounds like Lance is banged up and is for sure going to miss a little time. At least he has a chip and a finger apparently. Mm. But I, I find eventually just came around to the fact of thinking, He's going to put up enough rushing production and passing production, and I do think he'll be on the field sooner than later, that mm-hmm. he's going to surpass Wilson in fantasy points this season. It's definitely a possibility. What about he didn't give any consideration to Fields? Because I think Fields will probably be starting like week two, week three, yeah. real soon. Yeah, I think Fields is in a really similar position. It's a similar th- a reason I think the 49ers are a better team now. And I just liked Lance better in the pre-draft process. So that's why Lance came out on top of fields. All right. Breakout quarterback, who you got? I can't quit him, Sean. Oh, my God. I'm going with Sam Darnold again. (laughs) Is that who you named last year? I think I, I think, think I've, oh, I've been on the Sam Darnold train for a while. You need to get off that train. Maybe the other guy I considered <laughs> was Derek Carr. I, I, I like think, that way more. <laughs> well, except he was already the QB thirteen last year. Yeah, I, like for him to break out, I yeah, felt what does like, that mean? I felt like he needed to like jump up into the top six, and I don't see that happening. Okay, so I do think he's going to have a real nice year. But Sam Darnold, uh, I just. He's on a better team now. He's away from Adam Gase. Uh, he's got better weapons but around Adam him. Adam Gase has effed him up. Well, Ryan Tannehill. That's my response okay. for that, right? right? Like, actually, Darnold and Tannehill had similar numbers in terms of yards for the season in the first couple of years. Um, and, I and I mean, Tannehill's really good quarterback now. I'm kind of banking on the same thing happening for Darnold. You know, uh, in, in, like, uh, old, like, the you know, the Charleston and other areas uh, in the general Carolinas area, uh-huh. right? That's, those are old. That's like an old, there's a lot of ghosts there. My point is, <laughs> Darnold is, uh, that's my concern. My concern is that is, is I'm out on Sam Darnold. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to put it any other way. By but, the way, yeah, uh, that mic'd up thing that NFL does, the NFL does with players. Right. I just think it's terrible. Like, <laughs> 
99 percent like it's not entertaining or you think it's bad for the players it's not entertaining 99 percent of the stuff they put on air from the microphones is like here we go or i mean you've you got the i'm seeing ghost line which is pretty interesting but then that's most of it is grunting it's mostly grunting or like we're we're gonna win today, boys, or you know, some like it's just not very interesting to me. It doesn't make you feel like you're in the huddle. No, no. I, either they're <laughs> either these, it, or it makes you feel like you're in the huddle, like you were in in high school, and it's no different. It's the same thing. Yeah, either these either these playing players aren't saying anything interesting, or they can't air what they're saying because it's you know cussing or yeah, I, I, who knows? But I just think it's terrible. I've. <laughs> I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I think some of it has to do with the editing. You know, like I, I watch Hard Knocks and they, they were been following this guy who was born in Monterey, Mexico. And, and they've got this video of him saying something about how he wants, wants the cake. And it's, it's very funny. So I just think like there are some things. But also you, I wonder how much of that is like he knows he's mic'd up. And so he's going to exactly. say, I want the cake. You know? Exactly. Uh, okay, my breakout quarterback. Uh, I don't even like this quarterback, but I'm going to pick Tua. <laughs> I'm going to pick Tua because I really like his weapons and I really like what's happening in Miami. So, uh, so he, if he's an okay quarterback, and I think he might be an okay quarterback, uh, I just think the addition of of Waddle and Will Fuller and you know, keep Devontae Parker and Miles Gaskin and and you know I just think that they've got. They've surrounded him with with enough weapons to succeed, and I just think that he is primed for a breakout. I, um, it doesn't mean I'm saying he's the the world's greatest quarterback. I just think that that he's going to have a significant jump in production this year. And maybe you just defined it there. I was going to ask because you you posed the question earlier too. What is a breakout? Like how high would he have to go to feel like you actually called this one correctly? Or oh, is you, it, you, you want me to put some parameters on this? I, it was just a legit like uh, I think curiosity. He's a high that. end quarterback too. Okay, a guy that you are you could get away with starting a, a, a good amount of time, uh, but if he's your quarterback too, you're probably winning a lot of games. Okay. All right, I picked Kyler Murray as the QB one. Kyler finished last year. I th- I think it was QB two. It was two or three. I can't remember now. But he also was hobbled for a good chunk of the season. I think right. the second Moore will help too. I think the second AJ half of the Green. season he was mm. he was hobbling around and was not getting the rushing production that he had in the first half of the season. So exactly. They've added some players, some weapons for him. If he can stay healthy, which is of course a question because of his size and how he plays football, but if he stays healthy, I think he's an easy QB one. I'm going to go Josh Allen, and I think Kyler Murray is a great pick. I'm just going to go Josh Allen. I'm going to go Josh Allen because I, I just I, I expect he's going to be more durable. Um, I think Murray's the kind of player who will kind of get kind of dinged because he's smaller, and uh, and I just the little things I've seen out of preseason out of of Josh Allen, I I just think last year that jump last year I don't think was fake. I think he is. Um, seeing the game kind of um it's slower for him he's he's starting to look like a guy who can really like aaron Rodgers has looked for a lot of years where he can really just kind of slice and dice you whenever he feels like it and and that's i think he's maybe entering into that territory uh they've also added some weapons there i think adding emmanuel sanders is is an upgrade um so uh so i i uh i i like uh i like josh allen now 
if he ends up missing a bunch of games, that's probably going to hurt him. But yeah, but uh, uh, that's but true for anybody though. Yeah, well, but yeah, but this the whole the, the, it's vac- the, the vaccine thing. Oh, oh, oh! I yeah, see. That's what my you're that's my hesitancy on Josh Allen is is I think he is putting himself at risk for missing a bunch of time. Got you. All right, on to the running back position, the rookie RB one that I assume will be uh, the, at the top at the end of the season is Najee Harris. This is based basically on opportunity. Uh, Javante is going to be split in time. Javante Williams mm-hmm. is going to be split in time with Melvin Gordon. Um, Etienne's out, of course. Trey Sermon is going to be sharing time. So I just mm-hmm. think Harris is going to end up on top. It's That's the easy pick, and, and I actually wrote that too. But I put in parentheses, I put Trey Sermon, honestly, because I really think the volume in that offense is – going to be a lot greater um and if you if you see an injury um uh in san francisco from uh, raheem mostert i really just think he's got enough talent to put forth i think uh, bigger better numbers i'm not saying he's a better running back than Najee harris that's i'm not that's it's not about that i just think that offense and that team is going to have more more volume and more scoring opportunities do you want to start off on uh, breakout running back? <laughs> sure, you and I. Switch up the order. I'm looking at this. Uh, yeah, so I'm going <laughs> to go. I don't have. Uh, I, I had a hard time with one. This one, honestly, and I put down DeAndre Swift, um, mostly because I think he's a guy that I think showed um, a lot of potential last year, um, and uh, uh, they signed Jamal. Right, and and I'm looking at this, and and yeah, they went through and said, well, you know, he looks like a, a, a an A running back, and and uh, um, Swift is the B running back, or, or there was some quote, right? And I just think that'll sort itself out. I think DeAndre Swift is much more talented, yeah, and and so and I think that that will ultimately sort itself out, and he'll by the end of the year will be putting up large fantasy totals, uh, especially in PPR leagues. Yeah, it's funny uh, when we revealed the picks to each other here. I I have chosen Jamal Williams here. Um, I I kind of wanted to choose Singletary or Moss. I didn't. I I kind of am down on on both of them. Well, but, Singletary already broke out. Well, that yes, sort of. He was like I mean, running back two last year, wasn't he? Running back three. What Singletary? Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. Duh. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Rewind that. I'm curious what you're Montgomery. thinking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Montgomery was no. four, I think. But, um, yeah, Singletary and Moss, it's that ambiguous situation. And somebody's somebody's got to run the football there besides Josh Allen. I mean, maybe, but maybe they both will. Maybe. So, anyway, I went with Jamal Williams. Uh, I do. There's all this smoke coming out of camp that they really are going to share time. And if that's true, I think that then Jamal... We're both wrong, probably. Well, we yes. I mean, these are... <laughs> we're, we're going outside the box a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if he has a chance, he's finished right around the running back, like, upper 30s. So mm-hmm. 32, 33 throughout his career. I think if he legit gets the uh, volume that Detroit says he's going to get, I think he'll end up as a top, like a mid-RB2. So part... So, Yeah. Maybe, but I also feel a little bit like this question. Maybe this is a definitional thing. When I, when I think of breakout, I think of he's coming out and he's staying out. Oh. Not somebody who just has like hit a momentary hit. Sure. Like he feels like a blip guy. Like he might have a blip, but do I think uh, – I answer the question a little bit more like, 
who's a guy that actually you might think about very differently at the beginning of the year next year. And I feel like DeAndre Swift is that guy. Yes. Yeah, I don't think Williams has staying power. No. I, he I might ha- have a, a nice blip, though. Yeah. I actually have him on my salary cap roster. I gave him a one-year contract. There you go. So it shows you. <laughs> so if, if it's somebody who might who has a chance to stick around, I'll say Moss. Okay. Just just for a name that maybe fits the parameters better. All right. All right. The running back one. I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Homer. Yeah, it is a Homer pick. Um, but I th- it's I just think things are lined up for him. I have concerns about CMC and Derrick Henry because of the number of carries they've had in recent seasons. CMC is a year a year removed from his big season, but uh, I still think the potential for a breakdown is there, and so I think Dalvin Cook steps in and fills that void. So for me, uh, I agree with you in a PPR league, Dalvin Cook. To me, he he's the whole enchilta. He uh, uh, he can do everything, and I, I'm not. It, he seems to have been good, whether the Vikings are good or not. And I'm not a big believer in the Vikings this year, so I, that that doesn't stop me. But in like a non PPR league. Um, Derrick Henry, I, I don't, I understand the numbers. I understand the numbers. I, and, and actually before this, I, for a while I had Zeke there, but I, I, I really don't believe in that either. I, I just think, I think Derrick Henry might be, he doesn't look like he is winding down. I think he might be just be a different, be built different, so to speak. And he's going to be around for at least another year at performing at a high level. So we'll leave it at that. That's yep. I understand the risk. There's definitely a risk there. I like the pick, though. All right, who's your rookie wide receiver one? Well, oh. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot more. Why am I asking? You should, well, you and I have been pretty transparent about this. I, You know, I did not – when I went to the draft, Elijah Moore was not my number one rated wide receiver. It was, he was my number two rated wide receiver. My number one rated wide receiver at our rookie draft was Jalen Waddell. Um, but – um, I and I think I have a sneaking, fe- sneaky feeling that basically the reason why a lot of people aren't weren't going nuts for Elijah Moore is because he didn't play in the preseason, so he didn't have that flashy play that everybody was like, "Oh, look at that!" Now he's going to jump up rankings. Um, there are enough people who are connected to the Jets or who have who are who are in the know, and by the way, including AJ Brown, who has basically said that Elijah Moore is a better receiver than he is. Um, uh, there's enough people with a lot of credibility who are basically saying this guy is special. And, I, and I'm putting a lot of that into that combined with the fact that I love his tape. I love, I love his measurables. I like his college production. I like everything about him. And then on top of it, you also have kind of like the, the, the four and five star reviews from, from people who I think know a lot about the game. So, uh, I'm excited about him there. Plus, I really like his quarterback this year. I think I think he's a guy that rookie quarterbacks sometimes uh, feed. You know, one guy in particular, and we talk about is it Corey Davis? I think sneaky. It might be Elijah Moore. I I like that pick. I do. My num- rookie number one uh, wide receiver is still Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith. He is the one receiver that didn't move for me in the draft process. Yes. Chase has gone up and down. Yep. Waddle's gone up and down. Bateman, Elijah yep. Moore. Um, 
He's he was one from the very beginning. He's one from the very beginning. He stayed there, and maybe I don't think I'm being stubborn. I think I've had eyes wide open. Yep. But I just feel he's got he's all got, the things that all the things that you saw and said that he could do, and I I, I agreed with you. All those things that that I saw, he's he's when he has been on the field. In practice and games, he's done them. He's gotten wide open with ease. Yep. I feel like he's a really gifted receiver. The one question about him, of course, has always been his size. And it just looks to me like it doesn't matter how, how, how big he is. He gets the job done. I mean, he could get crushed in the NFL, I suppose. But I'm banking on the fact that he doesn't. I, I, I don't know if I'm reusing this quote, but when we used to play football, um, you know, we used to talk about tackle versus touch. And uh, with Bodie, he would, you know, uh, he would do really well. And then someone, someone built more like me would be like, oh, wait, wait till we play tackle. And his response was real simple. If you can't touch me, you can't tackle me either. <laughs> and I feel like maybe, maybe that's, there's some truth to that with uh, Devontae Smith. I hope so. I hope so. I, I see him as one of those guys who's going to just kind of duck a lot of hits. Yes. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. All right. Breakout wide receiver. I'm thinking Jerry Judy has a great season. Uh, the Broncos have gone with Teddy Bridgewater, at least to start the season. I feel like Bridgewater's game really fits what Judy does well. Judy's a precise route runner. He's going to get open. Bridgewater's a really accurate passer. He delivers passes on time. Uh, so I think the marriage of those two is going to be really good for Judy's production. And I think he came out as a really good receiver. He actually had a decent year last year, but he, he was he was getting missed a lot by his quarterback. Well, also um, he had he dropped a bunch of passes, and that made more true. news than the catches that he made. He made a lot of nice catches too. That's true. So I just I think this is going to be a really good year for Judy. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. I've talked about Ayuk a bunch. I, I don't feel like I need to to say the same thing which you've already said. I think it's a dynamic offense. I think he's the best receiver in that offense. I'm not worried about Debo even a little bit. Um, Kittle is, you know, his his massive production was when he was taking production away from, you know, Dante Pettis and whatnot. And I just think that um, I think he's the guy who you might be seeing, oh, well, how did, you know, how did he go to, you know, from where we had last year, 800 yards, 700 some yards to now he's got 1,100 yards. And I think it's just because, you know, if he stays healthy and continues in that offense, I think he might have a big year. So that's the, that's where I'm going with Ayuk. All right. For the wide, re- the wide receiver it's one the this year. the most boring choice ever. Yeah. It's Devontae Adams. Should we just move on? <laughs> I, I, it's just so much volume. Such a good quarterback. So yep. many touchdowns. <clears throat> we're talking about this year. We're not talking, it just, Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. All right. We're going to go with the same thing with the next pick, Probably by the way. Probably rookie tight end one. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with Pitts. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a chance Fryermuth steps in there, but I don't think so. Kenny Oboa? <laughs> All right. It's Pitts. All right. Let's move on. All right. The breakout tight end. All right. I uh, like, go ahead. Well, I'm, I would say Pitts, honestly, except for, I don't know if we're allowed to pick a rookie for breakout tight end. So if we're not, I'm going to go with Noah Fant. I think that he, uh, I, I think that's a, a, an offense where he can get enough volume, um, and uh, I think he's a talented guy, so I'm going to go with Noah Fant. I, I, I worry a little bit about the quarterback. I would feel better maybe with a different quarterback there, but you know that that's a, who I'm going with. All right. I thought about Higby, uh, but I ultimately went with Janu Smith. 
I think Smith is just going to fight with fewer tar- uh, people for targets in New England than Higby will in Los Angeles. Um, not worried about two tight ends. I'm not really. I, I Hunter Henry. I mean, he's a decent pass catcher too, but I just really think that pass catching role is largely. And I think that going to yeah. go to Smith. And I just think that there's twelve person. The NFL teams have kind of gotten over like the. If you've run a lot of 12 personnel, both tight ends are going to get work. And the fact that Mac Jones is now the quarterback there, right. I, I like and that for Smith. they don't have receivers in, in spades that are going to be uh, letting it up either. So I like that pick. All right. And I, we can probably do the tight end one on pretty three, quickly as well. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. Well, you didn't count. I, I, it, it was, <laughs> if you say on the count was, of three. I know, but it's going to sound corny. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Into the NFL section. These are awards that the NFL hands out at the end Actual of the year. Actual awards. Actual awards, right. Yep. Uh, I think it is now a TV show. It like, is. They have a program. Yes, we uh, discussed it last year. That's right. So uh, who do you think the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to be? My, my money's on Kyle Pitts. I mean, honestly, for me, it's it's NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's Elijah Moore or Kyle Pitts in my mind, one of those two. Okay. And I realize it's it's hard to beat out a quarterback as we saw last year when Justin Jefferson didn't didn't beat out uh, uh, what's what who's it in in, uh, in in Los Angeles the Chargers Justin oh, Herbert. Herbert yeah but um, but I'm still I feel like Pitts is maybe enough of a unique talent that he'll win that award all right I'm predicting Trey Lance I think uh, he'll put up he'll put up crazy numbers walk away with that award we'll see that's right NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, I chose Devontae Adams, again, for the same reasons. I think he's just going to dominate so much at his position. Now, wide receivers don't often win this award. Relative, They have, but relatively speaking, it's usually a quarterback or running back. So, Yeah, and I'm going with the running back. I'm going with Derrick Henry. And, and you know, like I was kind of, for much of the summer, I was a little nervous about Henry. I'm just becoming – much more comfortable with with him in a situation, and I just think he, it, it's awards usually given to the best running back. I think he's going to have the most production. We'll get into that later. All right, for NFL MVP, who are you putting up, Sean? Josh Allen. Just anything. I, else? I already I already said why why I sure. think about him, and I just think he's going to be he's he's going to have a nice year, and uh, that's going to be, be a very successful team. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Uh, the Cowboys went 6-10 and uh, 10 last year, I think, without him, if I remember right. They, they had a losing season. They did. Um, and I think they won't have a losing season this year. I think they'll be a much better N- team. 9-8. and eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. They all sound so terrible, Blowing too. Blowing my mind when I you know, say that. I know. Uh, but I think uh, this award, uh, when, they, when they award it, they think about the impact that a single player had on their team right uh and i think that's so people Prescott, joke that that the year that peyton manning missed the entire year after not having missed basically a game that and they went from basically being a playoff team to i think they won one game that people like suggested they should name the nfl mvp award the peyton you know manning. to give it to peyton manning even though he didn't play yeah so yeah, I think Dak will Dak will show the value to his team. I'll give I'll give Dak the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award. I think that that injury was gruesome enough. Uh, I don't actually think it's going to Im- impinge him. Um, I think he's healthy, but uh, but I think it was a scary enough looking thing that 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 will be uh, be something that will people remember. 
Yep. I, I would love it for it to go to Marlon Mack. Um, you come back from Achilles. Sure. I just don't think he's a high-profile enough player. So. And doubtful that. He and we don't even know if he actually come. How what he come does. Back, yeah. Well, he's back. He's on the roster. He's I the know. number two running back on that team, but. We'll see how much he plays. Right. I'm giving the Comeback Player of the Year award to Joe Burrow. Uh, also, a very notable injury. Yes. He, Dr. Westgard used the term like jacked up his knee, right? Like this, I think it was a medical term, yeah. This was a catastrophic knee injury. So if he does come back and performs well, uh, I believe he's deserving of that award. There you go. All right. Who's going to win? I think in the Super Bowl, we're going to see the Bucks versus the Bills. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are going to... They they basically have the same team they had last year, and they have Tom Brady at quarterback. Uh, they've got a great defense, lots of offensive weapons. I think I think they repeat and they beat a very good Bills team. That is a really interesting pick. I'm I'm going to have the Bills go into the game, uh, and, but I'm going to have the Bills winning. Um, but I don't think they're going to beat the Bucks. I think they're going to beat the Rams. I'm, I we talked about this a little, uh, you know, uh, what do we call it? Preview. I think. Uh, uh, foreshadowing. Um, I, I like the Rams. I like the Rams. I like Stafford on the Rams. Um, I like that defense. Um, I think it's, uh, they'll be, a, a, I think they're going to be the representative from the NFC. So, all right. And the, then the last fun section. Yeah. These are, these are kind of steel, uh, well, steel awards, except for the number of games. This is just a random prediction. Yeah, it's a COVID era prediction. I think if I'm doing my math right, I think you and I actually gave the same answer. I The question was how many NFL games will be played? And that that's all games, regular season and playoffs, right? Yeah. So I said all but one. I'm predicting that one regular season game will be missed. Well, I chose 284 games, which was, I thought, all the games, but I'm not entirely sure that that's correct because I'm thinking that maybe I did the math. My intent was I, was for them. I don't think they're going to miss any. They didn't miss any games last year. They're not going to miss any games this year. Okay. So I, th- I, I think I, it. I, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I think if my math brain is working right, you have we have to have an odd number of games given that the only week of the season where there's a single game is a Super Bowl. Yeah. No, I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I did the math. Oh, okay. I didn't say my math was right. Oh, okay. So you think they're all going to be played? They're all going to be played, right. yeah. I think we're going to miss one. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, who is your fantasy steal of the year? You're, you're going to be music to your ears. I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers. And let me let me define this. This okay. is a great long-term player that can be had for a relatively low cost. You're going with Jacoby Myers. I love it. Tell me why. He's on my team. Oh, I just think it's a it's a it's about volume. I think he's actually a pretty good player. He's a player that we talked about before the season last year. I think uh, I I think he's um, basically built to get to be a high volume guy, especially in a PPR league, especially on a team that doesn't have any other wide receiver talent to speak of. I mean, I'm not a big believer in Nelson Aguilar, so I just think he's just going to get a lot of catches. Mac Jones is going to throw an awful lot of five yard routes to Jacoby Myers, and I yep. think that that's going to lead to a lot of volume. And uh, yeah, I might feel differently if we were talking about like non no PPR, but like, um, but in a PPR league, I really like Jacoby Myers. All right, I'm gonna go with Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis, I don't actually have the number. This is not the exact number, but I heard he was getting like 80 percent of the targets in New York in preseason. Yes, you that's pre- true. Um, so if that's the case, and except for Elijah Moore was not on the field. True. I'm, this. this 
I love Elijah more, Sean. Let me just, I'll just declare that. No, it's okay. Um, but uh, if Zach Wilson is as good as advertised and uh, Corey Davis is his number one target. It's a lot of volume. And you could be, you can uh, get him in a redraft league. He's got, I think, an 11th round ADP, which is just, it's nice steal. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. He's a good steal as well. All right. We have the. Uh, this is a new award. Are we, are we being sponsored by them? By Band-Aid? <laughs> oh, should, should we say Adhesive Bandage Award of the Year? Uh, <laughs> no, let's roll with Band-Aid, and I'll send the clip to uh, central offices. For right, the, right. For John, is that a Johnson & Johnson brand? Uh, it is, right. uh, I think. Um, anyway, the Fantasy Band-Aid of the Year. This is a very productive short-term player that could be had for relatively low cost. All right, and you, who are you going with? I'm going with uh, – I, I had a tough time between the two. So I considered Wayne Gallman. Okay. Who just ended up in uh, Atlanta? I have comments. Okay, uh, I love it. But you, uh, but you, you go with your other guy too. Well, I just so with Wayne Gallman, uh, quick thinking. Mike Davis has had trouble uh, staying healthy through a season. He did kind of break down towards the end of last year. So I expect Wayne Gallman's going to see the field. He was pretty productive for the Giants last year. He was when Saquon was out. So I think he's a decent player. So when I think when he sees the field, and he will that he will be a good Band-Aid for you. I also, for the same reasons, basically, Ramondre Stevenson made this list for me, yep. um, that I think he's going to see the field, and I think he's a good football player. All right, so I, I don't mind that Ramondre Stevenson take. Uh, I, I, here's my take on Wayne Gallman. Uh, Gallman, to me, is, is if you have free agency and you don't have any running back on your team, like you don't, like you don't really have any notable running back on your team and he's available and you choose not to sign him right so let's say you let's say you're the atlanta front office and wayne gallman's available you saw what he did in new york and you say no thanks i'm not going to pay that guy i'm going to pay mike davis and then uh he goes to san francisco to a situation that is in flux there's not there was not a clear lead back and he's not good enough to be one of the top three running backs on that team. Actually, probably not even to be one of the top four running backs on that team. And so he gets released. I, I am not, and then he signs with Atlanta. I'm not thinking that Atlanta is thinking, yes, we got Wayne Gallman. Our problems are solved because they had that chance before. Sure. And I don't see, I can't think of too many times when a guy, other than Ben Gay, just kidding, too many times when where a guy's gotten cut from a team and then like signed on with this other team that could have had him before and then like suddenly produces. So I'm not interested in Wayne Gallman. I could be wrong. Well, I don't. I just don't know who else is going to be on the field if Mike Davis is out. Well, yes, I think you then you're you're pre, if Mike Davis is, if it depends dependent upon an injury though, then we could. There's lots of guys that could be in that conversation. Sure. I just don't think he's going to be barring an injury. I don't think he's going to be a thing there. Now, barring an injury, I do think Sonny Michelle is going to be a thing in L.A. And the reason why I said that is because they got one year of Sonny Michelle and they gave up a fourth rounder and a sixth rounder to do it. He has been productive. He's kind of a joke a lot of times, right? But he he had one year where he had subpar production, you know, like his sophomore year, his, fre- his freshman year, his rookie year. Uh, he averaged like four and a half yards a carry last year. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry more than Damian Harris did last year in the same offense. So uh, they saw that and they're willing to give something up for it. I, 
they that Rams have never ever shown that they actually believe in Daryl Henderson. So I think they're going to give him. Basically, I, I expect him to lead the Rams in touches, and that's an offense that I believe in. So I think I think by the end of the year, people will be like, "Man, Sony Michelle won me some games." So he sounds even more than a band aid to me. You like me? He might be pretty good all well, season. I mean, for me, band aid is like I don't know what his career is beyond this year. Okay. So that's so that's why I think he's he's a guy that eh, he's a different than a breakout player. A breakout player, like I do think there's some upside with him long term because his contract is up and we don't know that Cam Akers is coming back. Um, but I wouldn't bet on Sony Michelle beyond this year. Uh, but I would bet on him this year. Got you. All right, the fantasy breakout player. This is let me read the note. Your non-elite player who will be among the elite players next year. So it's not a guy that went super high this year, but will next year. My choice was DeAndre Swift. Wait a second. Did you switch? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I had for the breakout running back, and you took Jamal Williams. Interesting. Well, remember, like we had the conversation yes. about the definition. Oh, t- yeah, that, okay. So. Now, yes, you're right. It, I, I do think. It De- is consistent with the different definition. I think yeah. so. Uh, I do think DeAndre Swift, he's super talented. I think at some point he's going to he's gonna be better than what he's been so mm-hmm. far. And I just I think this year could be the year. All right, so for me, uh, for me, that player is Brandon Ayuk. I already made my pitch. Uh, I think he's going to jump up. Um, I made my pitch for why he's a breakout wide receiver, and I think of the players who are breakout players, to me, he's the, the one I feel most comfortable is going to be a breakout player. So that's why I went with him. Got you. All right, and the fantasy MVP, the player who dominates fantasy scoring. Mm. Uh, well, I went with Josh Allen. I just think he's just going to be putting up a lot of numbers consistently all year. Um, I think he's going to be a gap between him um, and a lot of uh, other players, basically, I think, uh, at that position. So I think, you know, you're going to be looking at a tier of, of uh, quarterbacks are getting, you know, 20-plus points a game, but he might be getting, you know, 25-plus points a game, depending on your scoring system. And I just think that that, that gap is going to be significant. So, And I'm going Trey Lance uh, if, if he – Fulfills his promise. Uh, Konami think, Exactly. Numbers. He could yeah. just put up crazy video game numbers. All right. I'm going to skip to the bottom because I want to finish with the Devontae Parker Award, Sean. Okay. Uh, so insane prediction. <laughs> All right. I love that. Here's my insane prediction. Uh, Josh Palmer will lead the Chargers in touchdowns. That's insane. Well, it's not really. Keenan Allen <laughs> is, is, is Keenan Allen a big touchdown scorer? No. He's not. But he's a great receiver, and I love him. He's an awesome receiver. He also led the Chargers in touchdowns last year. Austin Eckler is not a big touchdown scorer. Mike Williams has had one. He has been. He's had a season where he scored a bunch of touchdowns, but he hasn't been doing that. Um, There'll be a lot of people who hate it on Josh Palmer that are going to be like trying to delete their posts about how how he never had more than 450 yards or something like that. If that, if that happens, it's, it's, that's why it's an insane prediction, Tim. <laughs> that's right. But I think uh, I think there's a good shot he actually leads this I, team. In touchdowns. I actually don't even think it's that insane, honestly. I'm going to choose something that's never happened before. I think I'm going to predict that Derrick Henry gets back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. Now, keep in mind there is one extra game, but that's true. But I still think it will be like people will forget that, 
and people are like, oh, I mean, I, I do wonder if we're going to see 2,000-yard seasons all the time now, but I don't think so. But I think we'll, we'll see some more of them. But I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's my insane prediction. Never been never been done before, 2,000 yards back-to-back, Derrick Henry. All right. And now, the moment of truth. Right. It's time for the Devontae Parker Award. This is a player that comes out of total mediocrity to become fantasy gold. <laughs> right. All right. Who's your guy? My guy is Anthony Ferkser. All right. Tight end now for uh for How many Tennessee. years has he been in the league? This is his fourth year. Oh, or cool. I think it's his fourth year coming up here, yeah. I he, I just think he's on a team that uses the tight end a ton. Yep. Uh, Jonu Smith is out of town. I think he's going to see a ton of targets and cash in on him. He's going to be fantasy gold. I I think that that's a great pick. I went with Traquan Smith. And I went with Traquan Smith because, you know, he was a guy that was, uh, he's been in the, year, the league a couple years. He was a guy that was kind of like a, a lot of people were really excited about him when he came out as a rookie. He just really hasn't done anything. Like, the, hasn't done anything. And I thought... I had too many players, every, every single t- player. The problem I had was actually finding somebody who's been bad enough for long enough to even qualify. I kept on finding people who are like, oh, well, you know, he was, nah, he was, you know, he was okay that one year, but like Trayvon Smith has done nothing. So I'm going to go with him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have our nominees for the Devontae Parker Award right. in 2021 from Steel Podcast. All right, and with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Next week, Sean, it's week one. You and I did not talk about this ahead of time, but I think it makes some sense to maybe wait until we've seen all the games and then know. record. I think it depends on what our schedule is. Yeah, are we? Yeah, we can. This is like a post production meeting it's, here. It's, but, a, it's but an on air we'll, production. We'll either release an episode on Monday like we normally do, or we won't. It'll be, uh, yeah, if it's not Monday, just keep checking back. It might be Tuesday. It might be Wednesday, depending on when we uh, are able to record. But yeah. we will uh, we'll put our week one market report uh, episode out there uh, eventually next right. week. Um, until then, check out the Facebook, uh, Facebook group. It's called The Steel Pod. Some really good conversations there always. Uh, I am on Twitter at Steel Pod. I'm at Steel Pod, Sean. Go ahead and scroll down to the bottom of the app you're listening on. You should find a place to rate this show and leave a review. We appreciate people who do that. And uh, we'll look forward to talking about real football next week. That's right. Until then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group. And follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.